It's magazine season, and I'm going to tell you one thing that should make you unbelievably excited. Seriously. Don't worry. I'll show my work. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. It's June. We are full-fledged into magazine season. And as such, we're going to go through the Phil Steele offensive unit rankings for a little bit of a surprising discovery. Now, I've been telling you for weeks, if not months, that the season had the chance to be very, very special for Ole Miss offensively. This is going to be something that completely backs up what I'm talking about and something that you haven't seen Ole Miss have in 20, 30 years, if ever. So we'll see exactly what's going on. But let's go ahead and talk about that with this. All right. You look at the quarterback rankings for the Ole Miss Rebels moving forward. These are the top 15 quarterback unit rankings in the country. This isn't SEC. This is the country. Has Ole Miss coming in at number nine. You see other SEC teams on there, but that's not the important thing. The fact that you need to remember is Ole Miss nine. Take a mental note that USC's on this list, Washington's on this list, Oregon's on this list, LSU, Florida State, UTSA, Utah, Texas, and Miami. Ole Miss comes in at number nine. They say Jackson Dart is much improved in the second year of the potent Rebel offense and should have big numbers. Spencer Sanders has 41 career starts and 9,500 passing yards. Walker Howard transfer from LSU. This is a deep, deep group. We knew the quarterback room was deep. We talked about this all offseason. So let's move on to the running backs. This is what he thinks of the running backs nationally. You got Michigan, number one, Ohio State, number two, Penn State, Arkansas, Wisconsin, then Georgia, Ole Miss, number seven. This is two top 10 units that Ole Miss has to deal with at the moment. I, it, I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. And if you move to offensive line, people all have questions about the offensive line. And Phil still rates them as the number six, the top rated nationally, Ole Miss offensive unit. Last year, the Rebels were number three in the nation, rushing for 254 yard, 57 yards a carry, 5.4. And added his first team, Conference USA, and a first team, a Pac-12 offensive line transfer. Their career starts on the offensive line has jumped to 131 starts. Of the five players, they've started 100 and 31 times if you look at wide receiver now this the majority of this magazine was probably done before Zachary Franklin committed but if you look at the offensive line Ole Miss comes in at number 19 their lowest rated offensive unit is the wide receiver position that they're going to be counting on Zachary Franklin and Trey Harris if you look at his normal rankings he doesn't say much about Trey Harris I don't know what exactly what's going on the Ole Miss wide receiving unit this is the weak point of Ole Miss's offensive unit. Number 19th nationally, the weak point of Ole Miss's offensive unit. And also, if you look at it, uh, 
if you look at that, you have to also have to take into account his draft eligible tight ends is Caleb Prescorn, Caden Prescorn at number three nationally, and Michael Trigg is number 11 nationally. This is an offensive unit that has a chance to be unbelievably special. It's not an opinion thing. This is almost a fact thing. Now, I'm not saying they're going to be special. I'm saying I think possibly the ceiling that I've set for this team based off of offensive production might be a little low. I thought the offensive line would be fine. This team run blocks most of the time. They use deception most of the time. But it isn't exactly where you would consider it to be normally. You know, everybody's saying, hey, the offensive line struggled. What are we going to do about the offensive line? I get comments like those every single day. And this is another opinion is like, hey, the offensive line is fine. As a run blocking unit, it was the top service academy offensive line. They lost one starter off of that unit, Nick Broker. They replaced him with a Victor Kern who played in the Pac-12 at Washington or a Quincy McGee who was all-conference USA at UAB. Plus, you have Bryson Sanders. You have Eli Acker. You have other players that can step up. So this offensive unit is... They have expectations. So despite what anybody tells you, this offense has a chance to be unbelievably explosive. And this is proof of what that is all about. Well, now, when we come back, we're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball because that is honestly a bigger surprise than an explosive offense. You have a defensive unit to where if their unit rankings average out to how good this defense is, this Ole Miss football team is a 10-1 football team period. We'll talk about that in just a second. Stick around. Although I do want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sports book, sports betting partner of the NBA. So make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's right. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Now, their app is super secure and safe and easy to use, and you can get paid instantly if you win. And yes, I do realize that Mississippi is a break-and-mortar casino sports gambling state. I understand that. But if you visit New Orleans, Baton Rouge, Shreveport, heck, if you go over to Monroe, or even over to Delta, Louisiana, you can use the app. If you're up at Memphis in Jackson, Tennessee, Nashville, on a vacation to Gatlinburg, you can use it there as well. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is, like I said, it's an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks for making Locked On Ole Miss your first listen every day. We love being Ole Miss's morning show um, every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we will continue June podcast. Looking forward to the football season. It's magazine season. There's recruiting stuff. All of that going on um, has a chance to be really, really interesting indeed. All right. So if you look at the defensive side of the ball, Right. If you look at the defensive side of the ball and 
you think there's there's problems. There's going to be problems. You, I think there's problems. You know, everybody's going to talk about that. And they've been talking about that for months. Heck, even I have talked about that for months. But we did a episode yesterday about the transformation of this defense. And the thing that really stands out about this defense is this is the defensive line rankings of the rest of the top 60. Ole Miss does make an appearance at number 58. Like I said, it's not a high number, but it is a number that you need to pay attention to. Right, so number 68 defensive line. Not a great number, but it's in the top half of college football. If you look at them at linebacker, they come in at number 23, and everybody's been worried about the linebacker position with Kari Coleman and Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste and Monty Montgomery, Santarian Perkins, Ashanti Seastrunk. They're players that obviously are well thought of um, in the SEC. If you look at defensive backs, they've added a ton of defensive backs. Ole Miss comes in at number 54. It's very, very, very important for Ole Miss um, in this situation. Now, the reason I bring that up, we talked about the defensive transformation. I'll do that. And every dayers can attest it. This show, I've talked about this for weeks. Every dayers can talk about that. And they know that is to be true. But this is an example of me showing you my work of what I'm talking about is not just flash in the pan, sunshine poppers or blowing smoke, as one of my commenters said last year. No, other people see this as well. So they see that the defensive line all have top half unit rankings. Does that mean they're going to be a top half defense? No, but that means they have the potential to do it. That means they have the talent to do it. That means that other people other than myself are seeing talent in these players. And if you look at the defensive line and what they've added, and they've gone up to a top half of the defense, if you look at linebackers, if that defensive line in the front, if Josh Harris and Jared Pegues can honestly just hold up offensive linemen and keep them off the linebackers, you have linebackers that can do some work. And then we can talk about all the defensive backs that have been added. But whenever we were sitting here talking, this is one reason I did not want to do W's and L's in May or June. I wanted the roster to be complete, okay? And whenever I do WLs, I'm going to take this into account. But a top-half defense, if Ole Miss has a top-half statistical defense to where the, the results are represented by what other people think of that unit, this team has to be on has a chance to be unbelievably special, like 2021 special type team. There's questions. There's always going to be questions. They, they have to do it. Yes, they have to do it. Do they have the talent to do it? Yes, absolutely. They have the talent to do it. So whenever you look at this roster, if they have a top 60 defense in the country, they're going to win 10 games. With that offense, where the quarterbacks are ranked in the top 10, the quarterback room, not just a good player, a solid room. Running backs ranked in the top 10. Same thing, solid room, and possibly the best college football player out there and definitely the best running back in college football. Wide receivers is the weak point of this team, but whenever you add tight ends, you have the number three 
projected drafted tight end in the NFL and the number 12 projected drafted tight end. And all of that is surrounded by an offensive line unit that is currently rated at number six in the country. Whenever I tell you this offensive unit has a chance to look like what Tennessee did last year, this is what I mean. Now, do they have to do it? Absolutely. Could they not do it? Absolutely. But is the potential there for them to do it? Yes. And saying that that potential exists is not blowing sunshine, blowing smoke. It is the truth. It is factual. Other people that are paid to do this are seeing this as well. And Phil Steele is, you know, he always brags about this the most accurate college football magazine in college football. Well, whether that's true, well, I mean, he's the only one claiming it. If others believed it, they would claim it. So Phil Steele's ranking puts Ole Miss solidly as a top five offense nationally going into this season. This, I mean, this is absolutely amazing. Now, defensively, he has them as a top half defense. So if Ole Miss is a top five offense and a top five defense, you're going to see a lot of games that Ole Miss wins 48 to 28. That's what that means. That means that this Ole Miss defense is going to be able to get stops for the offense, which is all they're going to be asked to do. That means that this team is going to be good against the run and the pass equally. That means that this Ole Miss team has a chance to live off of their offense, which with a Lane Kiffin team, that is expected more times than not. And count on the defense to make big plays. You're going to see a big play defense or turnovers and sacks. They're going to take chances. They're going to give up points, but their whole goal is to get the ball back for the offense. And if Ole Miss can do this, like I said, I do not doubt the fact that Ole Miss can go over to Tuscaloosa, Alabama and win in September. I do not doubt the fact that Ole Miss can beat LSU. Now, I I think that Ole Miss will probably split those games, but we'll do W and L's a little bit later on in July. The only game on this schedule that I do not like Ole Miss's chances in is Georgia. But you also have to remember, Ole Miss is the second toughest game on Georgia's schedule, and either right before or right after they go to their toughest game. The schedule actually sets up pretty well for Ole Miss football. It's going to be hard every year. That's just what the SEC West is. I mean, Ole Miss's schedule might get easier with a night-game conference schedule just so you don't have to pay play Alabama, LSU, and Auburn every year. Because Auburn's going to be back. You know, it, they just, it just they, are, they just are. They're going to be back. And Ole Miss being stuck in that division, I mean, that's an absolutely horrible thing for Arkansas State and Ole Miss. And as it seems, Texas A&M. So we'll see exactly what goes on with that. But if you look at these unit rankings that Phil still put out and you think about what Ole Miss can be, that is solidly a top five offense. Solidly a top five offense. That is solidly a top half defense. Put those two together, Ole Miss is winning 10 games, if that happens, and they execute. Now, injuries and several things that could happen, but I'm just letting you know that whenever we talk, here's my work. I've shown it. Show me why you disagree with it. Don't tell me why you disagree with it because I'm not going to believe what you say, but show me why you disagree with it.
If you can do that, I will pay attention to you. But I am all about showing my work, and that is what this show is about for previews of Ole Miss football. Honestly, as I always like to say, it is what it is. Anyway, when we come back, we'll have Brian Smith breaking down Deuce Knight from George County in Loosedale, Mississippi. And he is a 2025 quarterback. He is an unbelievably talented 2025 quarterback. He might be the best quarterback prospect to come out of Mississippi since, what, Jason Campbell, maybe? I mean, he, he's, got, he's got all kinds of tools. 6'5", 190, runs a 4'5", 40, and a really good arm. Another left-hander. We talked about a left-hander from that class a couple of days ago. Anyway, stick around. Thanks for making the Lockdown Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, upvote, and all of that stuff. This is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Now, as we've been doing, Brian Smith has been doing some breakdowns of Ole Miss-related prospects, and we've been putting it on the show. Um, yes, Brian knows what's going on, and I think it's Florida underscore football scout on YouTube. You should subscribe to it. You It will do you well. He does a really good job. But one of the breakdowns he did about, I guess, two weeks ago was Deuce Knight, and I missed it. Um, and I didn't know much about it because I'm a kind of a person that lives in the moment. And when you live in the moment, somebody like Deuce Knight, it's the class of 2025. I'm I'm worried about Demon Williams. I'm worried about you know Jeffrey Rush. The, that 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 is the class that has my attention. But I do think Ole Miss fans need to be aware and be introduced to one Deuce Knight out of George County. He participated in the Elite Eleven, tested unbelievably well. Brian Smith referred to him as the most likely quarterback in this class to blow up, um, and also that's including NFL wise potentially. So we will see exactly what he can do. He's a toolsy type player, and he's honestly worth keeping an eye on as well. So here's Brian Smith talking about Deuce Knight. Time to talk a little 2025 quarterback recruiting. Deuce Knight, Loosedale, Mississippi, George County High School. In my opinion, he is the most likely to be successful from that class in not only college, potentially even professional football as well. And I'm going to list several reasons why. I'm going to do this while I'm sharing my screen, so bear with me here while I present. But here are a few of the things that you need to know while I'm getting set up. Number one, this is a kid that can play football in just about any offense. And when I say that, I mean this in a true sense. He could be a West Coast quarterback. He could be a kid that runs just RPO game. He could be a spread quarterback. He can be anything that you really want him to be. So with that being stated, what do you need to know about him? What do you really, really need to know about him? Let's, let's look at it this way. He has a kid or he is a kid that has the ability to throw the bomb. He's very accurate. That's probably the most noticeable thing. And you can see him running around here. He, he's an athlete, but he is just very accurate, long, short, on the run, doesn't matter his footwork. He like, like that throw there is just ridiculous. Deuce Knight is also somebody that is very intelligent, high academic kid, 
somebody that can read a defense and make a decision like that one there. Decision and he does it over and over again. When he went to the Elite 11 Regional in Oxford, Mississippi, he's also an athlete to the point where he ran, he ran well, 4.53 at 192 pounds, but he also had a vertical jump of 41.9. I'm going to say that again. Deuce Knight had a 41.9 vertical jump. This is a kid that at the time that he did this, and keep this in mind, he's only a sophomore in high school when he did this. So obviously, if he wanted to get into a dunk competition, he wouldn't have any problem. As far as what I think he does best, Deuce probably is most effective in RPO because of his legs. He can really run 4-5-3-40 is just part of it. He'll make one guy miss, and he gets vertical. When he wants to run, he can go vertical. But like anything else, and here's a good example of that, he hit the crease and he just decided to go. Anything else, so it, it still comes down to making quarterback decisions when the, press, the pressure is on. And if you just watch his entirety of huddle film, there's really no reason not to be excited about the way he plays just from the pocket. If he didn't have the athleticism that he does, watch the arm motion and watch how consistent it is. Even if his feet can't be set because he's under pressure, like right there, that's a pretty darn good throw. Guy coming down on him, didn't matter, still made it. Running to his left, throws a really good pass. Nice touch on this ball here. This is one of the better passes. He hits the guy in the corner. When he rolls to his left, obviously he can get a little more on it. And that, that shows some of the arm strength that's there. And then there, quickness to get into the hole and then the speed to accelerate and get into the secondary and make something happen. What do I think is going to happen over the, his recruitment? Well, I think it's going to be a long, long process. Uh, he's been to Mississippi or Ole Miss five times. He's been to Tennessee three times. He's been to Notre Dame. He's been several places. He wants to get out to A&M. He's going to take trips to Tennessee again coming up here. He's going to go to LSU pretty soon. These are all just part of the process for him. Don't look for him to make a decision like this summer. Uh, he, he knows that he's got to go through the process and figure it out. 4-0 GPA kid, so again, very intelligent. He's not going to make rash decisions. Finally, with him, he has the height. Uh, he was measured in at 6'4 and a half at Elite 11. That tells you something because not many guys are his size that can run like this. Look at the speed there. Open field burst is not normal for a 6'4 and a half quarterback. Right here is a good view of how he avoid, avoids the pressure and still makes a very accurate pass to a guy over the middle. Went through his progressions to make that happen. Most high school kids cannot do that very well. Quick slant on the money gives this chance, gives this guy a chance to make a play. Nice corner ball, seven route. And then once again, right here, rides it out. They take the running back, so he just shoots up through the middle. So I'm going to stop the screen here. Just going to talk a little bit about Deuce's recruitment. This is the main thing you need to know about Deuce's recruitment. 
he is going to be scouted and coveted by everybody. To put it in perspective, the University of Washington, yes, the one that's in Seattle, came down to recruit him. So that's important. And just note that he's he's a guy that's he, he's going to have as many options as he wants. He's going to have as many as he wants. So do I think it'll end quickly? No, but Ole Miss is definitely going to be in it. Tennessee's going to be in it. Auburn is the team to watch. They just recently offered, and that's a kid that would fit in you Freeze's offense very, very well. Notre Dame is kind of a wild card. They don't recruit in Mississippi a lot, but they have really pivoted towards him for the class of 25. And Notre Dame is, is still Notre Dame. So that's kind of an interesting situation. I believe it was the 1st of April that he visited. If he visits again to South Bend either this summer or in the fall, then, I, then I'll take Notre Dame a little more serious. But it is outside the South, so it's hard to project there. LSU is the other wild card. They've always recruited Mississippi well. Loosedale is maybe an hour from Mobile. And that area is just right up LSU's avenue I, I think there'll be there'll be a factor uh, he'll like the culture and everything it's not much different than where he's from in southern mississippi those are the programs that i'm most comfortable with saying will be in his recruitment now AM is another one he, he wants to visit there for a game or, or see the campus but those are the ones that i'm most comfortable with can he get to a point where there's some other schools like miami offered him all, not all that long ago I could see him taking a visit up north to a place like a Penn State or an Ohio State. Those those would not be surprised. Maybe Michigan. But all of these are under the same guideline that it's not going to happen quickly. He has too many schools involved. Even if he committed, it's not like his recruitment would slow down anyway. So my final thought on Deuce before I wrap this up is, is note that it's a long, long process. Deuce Knight can go wherever he wants. He's an elite player. Great kid, too. I've communicated with him a few times. Great kid. There's no reason not to recruit him. I think he's as good a player as there is in the class of 25. So with that, please like this podcast. Please share it and comment uh, about what you think about Deuce. I'm more than happy to share my comments as well with whatever you think about his accuracy, his arm strength, his athleticism. Um, he was a long jump uh, champion and the runner-up in the high jump in the state of Mississippi for the 5A classification too. He's just a tremendous all-around athlete. So anyway, thank you very much. Deuce Knight, one of the best players in the class of 25. All right. Thank you, Brian, for that. And thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Every dayers, we're going to continue magazine season. We're going to continue talking about games and stuff that matters. We're going to will this summer to pass and we're going to get ready for an awesome football season. But I showed you today, showed my work today, why unit rankings, why Ole Miss football could finish higher than expected, and why that defense, we told you yesterday it could be exceed expectations. We just showed you why today as well. So thank you very much for tuning in for it. Um, we will see you tomorrow as well. Anyway, hotty toddy.